Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of Scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Worldview Wednesday. I am Kelly Newcomb. And I am Chelsea Hiesel, and we are your hosts for the Brave Parenting Podcast. Kelly, we have a hot off the TikTok trend press episode today, don't we? Yes, we do. Got some TikTok trend research I did, and I must confess that I really actually hate doing TikTok research because, number one, it appears on my screen time. And then when I have to be accountable and show my screen time to others, like really embarrassed. I'm like, it's research, it's research, I promise. <laughs> Maybe you need like a burner phone, Kelly. <laughs> well, you know, I actually, back in the day I had one. I think it just got commandeered by another child when they needed a phone. But I, I agree. But that's that's really the, the small portion of it. Another reason is just, you know, I'm on there and I fully realize how this can be a sinkhole of time, a rabbit hole for people to just get lost in. I personally don't find this content entertaining. I find it more shock value, more sad. And, but I still scroll to the next video to see, oh my gosh, is it going to be worse than the last? (laughs) And so, and that, that bothers me. Honestly, if I can, if I can just confess, it kind of makes me judge. Like, why are these people posting this? Why are they sharing this information? Why do they think this is entertaining? And ultimately I just feel sad. makes me feel sad that these people have to showcase themselves and broadcast themselves in order to find worth and validation. And But alas, this, this is TikTok. This is what we have. Today's TikTok trend that we're going to be talking about is the dopamine detoxing. Now, many news outlets are reporting on the moment this trend is having. And because I really believe that at the core, this trend has great intentions, I want to look at it through our lens of the biblical worldview. So I think a really good way for us to begin this episode is to be defining what a dopamine detox is. Now, this is where someone takes an intentional and predetermined time away from all things that release dopamine. So for young people participating in this trend, it consists of breaking away from social media, from video gaming, music, podcast, television, email, internet. And sometimes you'll even see content creators who are promoting a dopamine detox to um, include alcohol and marijuana into this mix. Now, you may know that dopamine is the pleasure chemical in the brain. It's released into the part of the brain known as the reward pathway, and because your brain gets so used to the constant rewards, it needs more and more hits of dopamine in order to be satisfied. Well, this leads the person to spend more and more time on their phone or in their game or scrolling on social media. Now, content creators on TikTok call this a damaged dopamine system. The idea behind the dopamine detox is that by abstaining from all things dopamine-inducing, you can kind of do like a hard reset on the brain. It's almost kind of like a shock to the system. The content creators who promote the dopamine detox, of course, report like, it's amazing, they had such a great time, and it's there was an amazing impact on their life only after a few days. Well, unfortunately, doctors and scientists aren't in exact agreement with these content creators, and actually that shouldn't be a shock to anyone. Most people aren't in agreement with content creators. So while media fasting is a great idea and it can provide benefits, dopamine is only one neurochemical that is active in the reward pathway. 
Not only that, but detox, the idea of detox is a misnomer because you can't really detox from something that's naturally occurring in the body. So unfortunately, the biggest unknown in this whole thing, as experts assert, is if it actually resets anything. Because there's no established evidence that dopamine is changing or readjusting during a detox. In an interview with Time magazine, Dr. Anna Lemke, a psychiatry professor at Stanford and author of the book Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence, says regarding these, quote, damaged dopamine systems, that in order to compensate for a dopamine overload, our brain actually starts to downregulate our dopamine production and transmission to bring it back to a baseline. A dopamine deficit, which can result from extreme forms of addiction, this actually can lead to feelings of depression and anxiety. And then what happens is we have to keep engaging with these behaviors, not to feel good, but actually to feel normal. Yeah. So what they're calling a damaged dopamine system is really the naturally occurring system that your body engages in, this downregulation so that you can not obviously overload on dopamine. And this is exactly where that dopamine detox can, it really can be beneficial. And it's beneficial for all people, right? We all recommend in our our little space of media and technology, mindfulness and, and healthiness, that Fasting from screens is a good thing because, you know, I don't have hard and fast numbers, but I would venture to say that the majority of smartphone owning adults and kids suffer from some sort of this dopamine downregulation because it is very stimulating and we're all on it. Even if you're using it as a tool, there are still a lot of features that are dopamine stimulating. So at the core, I really think that the motive behind the dopamine detox is about breaking bad habits and trying to establish new and healthier replacements in the time away from addictive devices. So here's some of the advice that I gathered up from our content creators on TikTok. So one creator states that in order to prepare for your detox, you need to answer these four questions. And these are important. If you are going into a screen time fast for you or your family, for your kids, sometime during summer, these are important questions. How long will the detox be? What am I going to avoid or significantly reduce? Of course, a blanket statement of everything is not going to be effective. You need to be very specific. Number three, what am I going to replace my time with? This is super important. And a lot of times people don't go into it with the mindset of knowing what they're going to replace it with. As Christians, we often will fast and we're replacing whatever it is we're giving up, whether that be food, whether that be caffeine, whether that be the smartphone or social media, and we replace that with prayer. We replace that with time with the Lord. And number four, what have I been avoiding that I can get caught up on? And I thought this was interesting because they're talking about basic stuff that we would probably do on a daily basis. Some of them are like, oh, I can do the dishes. I'm thinking, when's the last time that's been done? (laughs) How long has it been that you need to get caught up on that? Now, another creator lists four pillars for a successful detox. And I think this is really telling as to how deep some people are in their devices and on the internet. This four, these four pillars are, number one, limit screen time to one hour per day. Now, the average time can range anywhere between six and 10 hours as a sort of national numbers, depending on your age. Number two for, for this content creator is the pillar was no YouTube. 
And I think that that's very telling as to how much YouTube consumes young people. Number three, no adult films. That, that right there is so telling. I'm in full agreement with this person, but it, it's just a depravity that that has to be a pillar for some young people in their, in their detox. And then number four for him was meditate for 10 minutes every day. As Christians, we would replace that and say, you know, that's prayer, that's time with the Lord. And it should hopefully be more than 10 minutes a day, especially if you are detoxing, if you are fasting from all the things that you would normally do to fill your time. Now, other creators point out specific habits such as alcohol, overspending, I thought was interesting, and music. And that one I really found myself thinking more deeply on because before that, I really actually hadn't thought about how much music would need to be detoxed from, that it's so ingrained into young people's every minute of every day. And I just kind of assume, you know, yeah, kids have their AirPods in, but I'm thinking to myself that they're not always having music going. They just leave them in because it's just convenient. But in actuality, I think a lot of kids are listening to music all minutes of the day. It is a constant background noise. And several of these content creators were really encouraging, stop listening to music. And I thought, wow, because music is so defining for young people's lives that that could actually really be a good thing. Definitely something to have a conversation with your kids. If they do have AirPods, if they do have a lot of music, whether that be, again, Spotify, we, all, we encouraged you a couple episodes ago to talk about Spotify with your kids anyway, um, or Apple Music, whatever it is that they have, how often are they listening? Maybe check their screen time and see. Um, that was a big thing that I saw that I was actually encouraged by. Um, some content creators also are giving warnings about what most people get wrong about digital detoxes. So I thought this was might be important to share. Number one, you take away too much too soon. That's pretty obvious. Number two, you don't have healthy replacements for what, what you take away. Again, that's going back to what are you going to replace that screen time with? There has to be something. Or because number three, you trade one vice for another. If you say, I'm going to give up social media, and then in replace of that, you just start binging Netflix shows, you are just replacing one screen for the other or one vice for the other. Or you're not on social media, you're going to you know, go out and drink or, or do something else, right? One vice, one unhealthy vice for, the, for another. There can be lots of healthy alternatives, whether that be reading a book, journaling, crafting, cleaning. I mean, there can be lots of, lots of good things. Interestingly enough though, Chels, I didn't see anyone on TikTok talk about how when their detox was over, they noticed that they went right back into some bad habits that they had before the detox. One article in Health Magazine titled, What is Dopamine Detox? And another one on Insider Magazine titled, I Tried the TikTok Dopamine Detoxing Trend to Find Peace Again. Both of them talked about how after they did this trend for like a weekend, they detox, they turned their phones off, that when they went back to work on Monday, they found themselves just re-engaged in the same exact behaviors. So I think that that is important to note because that the content creators are sort of maybe latching on to this hashtag trend and saying, hey, this is how I'm doing it. This is great because you can get good publicity right now. But how effective is it? I would venture to say that unless you're doing it with the strength of the Lord, it may not be that effective. It may just be something you do to fill your weekend. Well, I think that's why we've always said that change really begins in the church because Christians are the only ones that have access to the best resources. And that's the Holy Spirit 
Christ our Savior and God the Father. Like that's the only place change, like actual true authentic change is going to happen. It's going to happen in the church, like not outside of the church. But, you know, with these TikTok creators, um, they were kind of, some of them were kind of bullied and beat up by the uh, the trends they were promoting. There were some creators who took the opportunity awarded by the popular hashtag to call out these other digital detox creators for using the trend to self-promote on the social media platform that they claim that they're detoxing from. They were also called out for using the trend to highlight their virtuousness of productivity as well as to market, you know, whatever business model that they were hawking. One creator called out the lack of medical evidence provided by these creators saying that what they're claiming is all conjecture, but it makes them look really smart because they use big words. So that's the thing about looking at this stuff with a very critical, open mind. You have to you have to see both sides of it. It's easy to look at one or two videos and be like, yes, I can do this 100%. This is me, blah, blah, blah. Or I love this. I can be this person. I can, whatever it is, whatever that trend is. But then there's also the people who are going against that trend and the calling. It. So it, it's, it's all encompassing. You have to look at it all with a critical eye and with your biblical worldview. How true is this? How much is this just self-promotion? I can see like a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, maybe even a 16 or 17-year-old kind of like getting into this trend. Oh, I'm 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 detoxing for the weekend. Cuz it sounds kind of cool. It's well, it sounds cool. It sounds like it they use big words. It sounds like there's some sort of science behind this. I argue that it's not really a detox reset because as a counselor, I do sometimes ask counselees not to use social media while I am in session with them over a span of like 6 to 7 weeks. But it's not because I'm trying to reset their damaged dopamine system or whatever. It's because what they're viewing in these platforms is in direct competition to what I'm trying to help them with in counseling. And so if they spend an hour with me and then they have homework over the week and then they do that homework, but then they go down social media, it could undo everything that I've been working with them on. You know what I mean? It influences negative thinking, all of that kind of stuff. So it brings out all the covetousness and just other sins that that lay subtle that we don't actually recognize until we realize wait why am, why am i depressed why am i anxious and so you can take that that look at it but overall and what i would hope that parents can do when we look at these trends is and we hear maybe our kids talk about it is when we look at it with this critical eye let's also notice cuz i couldn't help but notice that content creators who are posting this trend of hashtag dopamine detox, they're in a hotel room videoing themselves, journaling, tossing and turning on the bed, staring out the window, right? Doing nothing as though that's virtuous, but they're still taking video of it. And I'm like, wait a second, you still have your phone. You're still, you know, recording yourself, which means you're still using the phone. You're still using TikTok. So there's like this staged aspect that sometimes teens won't see. But it's important to look at that and say, how much of this is just promotion for the trend? How much are they actually detoxing from their screen? But nonetheless, let's focus on some positives here because media fasting, screen time fasting, if you want to call it a detox, whatever you want to call it, is really good. And anything you can do to be less stimulated by your phone is awesome. It is worthy of doing because the screen is not always reality. The internet places, the social media spaces, the, 
that isn't always a reflection of real life. And it's not always a God-honoring way for us to spend our time. Not only that, the places we can go via our screens can truly lead us into sinful and harmful behaviors. So let's look at what God's word has to say about this. Now, the New Testament epistles or letters are full of encouragement and admonition to put away old habits and unhealthy behaviors behind you. So the Apostle Paul wrote these letters to churches that were predominantly Gentiles or non-Jewish people. Most of these people were pagan before coming to the faith in Christ, and they really had to work hard to put their old, sinful, bad behaviors behind them. While we today are not pagan, we live in a pagan-like culture of instant gratification and a constant pursuit of pleasure and happiness, much like the first century, very much like the first century. So it would have been just as easy as it was for them back then in antiquity to just go with the flow and just keep doing what they're doing and then just add Christ as an adjunct saying, oh, great, now I've got this extra thing on the side. I've got this salvation. No, Paul is encouraging them to die to themselves and live a life worthy of Christ. I think when you talk about that, the first verse that kind of comes to my mind is Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. And Paul says, he he says to the, the Ephesians, he says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's like recognizing that you have problematic habits and behaviors is acknowledging your sin. It's being able to admit that you aren't truly pursuing holiness wholeheartedly and that you want to change by putting off that old self that's corrupted through deceitful desires. You don't have to feel bad thinking, haven't I already put my old self off? How many times are I going to have to do this? How long am I going to have to do this? Well, the short answer is this is just sanctification. We're being transformed from one degree of glory to the next in order to look more like Christ, but it does take involvement. It takes a response to God's grace, which means There is work on your part. There is sacrifice. There is a commitment to change, to live by biblical principles and commands. So what we do as Christians is we lay everything else at the foot of the cross and we respond to God's grace that he just lavishes on us. Yeah, and I can't help but think of 1 John 1, 8 and 9 that says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As believers, we don't want to jump on the dopamine detox bandwagon without confessing our sin of overindulgence to God. If we are not spending time with the Lord, if we are constantly engaged in not uh, God-honoring type of content that we are viewing, that needs to be confessed. Every one of us has a bad habit or two or three, right, that we need to break and which is why the apostle John can say, if we have, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and we should not deceive ourselves any longer. That's when it comes to being honest with ourselves about our screen time and the content we're engaging with. That is the number one thing. We cannot deceive ourselves any longer. Whether your screen time is nine hours a day or it's two hours a day and you're concerned with how much time you're spending and where you're going, go before the Lord, seek wisdom, ask for forgiveness, ask him to lead you to a knowledge of what is not honoring to him that you are doing in your life. And then pray for the strength and determination to change, for the Holy Spirit to do its work in you. Remember, when we confess, God is faithful. That's what this verse says. He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us 
And I just like to think, you know, this metaphorically hose us down, right? Like we're covered in mud and that's all of our bad habits and sin. And God just like hoses us down and washes off all of those bad habits. It's a great visual to think of. I think that's a wonderful visual. And honestly, as parents, I can't think of a better lesson to teach your kids who may also have some overindulgences in screen and dopamine stimulating activities. Just model this in front of them. Tell them about your conviction. It's seek their forgiveness and their accountability to help you. I think this is what I call inviting them into your repentance. And I can almost guarantee that when they see you humbled and transformed, they're going to feel motivated to change as well. And I think we can all be encouraged today by Galatians 5, 16 through 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Or you could look at Colossians 3, verses 1 through 2. Paul says, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. So the right thing to do and the easy thing to do is to oppose each other. Yes, it's easy to watch another Netflix episode instead of working out. It's easier to play video games instead of studying. We know this, and because we know this, we can take an honest look at our desires as we said before, we can put them to death because we are in Christ and he has defeated death for us. That setting our minds on things above when we are engaged in content on a constant basis through our phones or through social media, our minds are not on the things above. They're just not. And that's, I love that verse because of that. But it also reminds me of Romans 7 when Paul says, I do not understand my own actions. And this can, I think, be true for so many of us. I do, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. For I know nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but I do the evil I do not want to do. What a wretched man am I. And I think that we can all identify with that notion of, I have the desire to do what is right. I have the desire to put my phone down more. And it just has become such an innate habit to pick it up and start scrolling. You know you've got things to do, but yet you recheck email, you recheck text, you look for something to stimulate you. This is where setting our minds on things above can really benefit us dying to ourselves. I think that, again, human nature and let's be honest, the technology companies, the Social media companies, even the the fast food industry, those pushing legalized marijuana, the porn industry, and I think even, goodness, the med spa market of like Botox and eyelash extensions, plastic surgery, all of this, so much of our culture exploits. It exploits our natural desire for pleasure via dopamine for their gain. This is just what happens. There are so many ways to seek and gain immediate pleasure and gratification. And I get it, like it's the natural byproduct of capitalism. But as Christ followers, we must take serious the sinful nature of selfish ambition, vain pursuits, and thinking of ourselves more than thinking of others. It's just the opposite. We're doing the opposite of what Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, where God says, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain pursuit, but instead think of others more highly than yourself. It is sinful for us to be so wrapped up in our pleasures 
that our brain chemistry cannot keep up. I think at the end of the day, the dopamine detox trend is just another way to be taken captive by hollow philosophy that depends on human tradition, and it just doesn't depend on Christ. Whereas we as Christians, we depend on Christ for our transformation. There isn't anyone on TikTok talking about this aspect of transformation. So if your kids are on TikTok and they see this trend, you can bring it up. You can ask them about it. Talk to them about Christ's power to save, to transform, to renew us. Talk about how God's word understands our heart. It's active and living and it judges our thoughts and intentions and where true transformation actually happens for the Christian. That's a great conversation to have with your kids tonight or tomorrow or every day. 100%. And and really, we as parents lead the way when it comes to fasting or detoxing, whatever, again, whatever word you want to use, we lead the way when that when it comes to that. We shouldn't expect our kids to say, mom, dad, I think we need to all take a screen-free day. Although I have heard of kids asking that because their parents are on their phones so much that they want their parents' attention. Let's lead the way this summer. Let's make it a habit, a routine of doing this. Whatever reason you want to call it, most young kids are not going to know what dopamine is, but call it that screen time fast. Spend a little extra time in prayer, spend time in devotional, but just spend time together. Ultimately, what we miss out the most on when we're staring at our screens is the relationships that God has given us to be a part of. And when we miss out on those, that's where we see anxiety, we see depression, we see isolation. And it's a whole, it's a big old cycle. It's a big old mess, but we can, we can make small changes in our everyday life with fasting, with intentionally finding healthier replacements for our screen time. Yeah. So if you need to break some bad habits this summer and you're looking for some help, we would totally suggest the RO box. It's kind of incredible. My family has been using it for, I don't know, like what, three months now, four months. I can't remember. And I think I've racked up a total of seven days away from my phone. And the same kind of technology or gamification that content, not content creators, but um, social media companies have used to keep you hooked on your phone is the same type of system that RO is using to keep you off your phone. So I am currently sitting at a 46-day streak of keeping my phone in RO for a certain amount of time. And it's quantifying that time away from our phone. And it's pretty fantastic. My whole family uses it. My husband and I are in competition with each other because we want to try and model it best for our kids. So, um, you know, my husband will hide my phone so I can't put it in RO, which I'm not calling him out on a podcast or anything, but, you know, it's kind of sneaky, right? Well, like, I think it's because that's why he's winning. Yeah. It may, is, he, is he not at the top of the leaderboard? I think he is right now. Yeah, I think he is. He's just like blowing it out of the water, which whatever. But um, we love RO so Go to goro.com forward slash brave and then use code brave and you're going to get a free month with your subscription and the box is free. It's a win-win. Like it is legitimately a win-win for everyone, Kelly. I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to get this box, to be, truth be told. Yeah. And the company is Christian. They have the same values. They are just wonderful. They really have the same kingdom-minded mission as we do of just better, healthier replacements for screen time, ensuring that we are in relationship with those that we love. That is that is the key. And, and so we, we love RO. So definitely go and check that out. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to this Worldview Wednesday episode here on the Brave Parenting Podcast. If you know that this would 
be helpful to others, we do ask that you would share it with your other parenting friends and network. Leave us a review. We would love to know that you love the podcast and it helps the get the podcast out to other people. Thank you so much. Until next week, go and be brave. Thank <laughs> you.